It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. Frank Sinatra had the world on a string, but my guests have the world on 12 strings. Ricardo Cobo, multi-award winning guitar virtuoso, and Parsa Sabet are the guitar duo known as Rio Sueno, performing in the Judy Bailey Theater at the UNLV Performing Arts Center at the beginning of its 47th season this Friday, September 29th at 7.30. For ticket information, Go to pack.unlv.edu. That's pack.unlv.edu. And for everything about Ricardo, go to ricardocobo.com. And you can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And follow Parsa, P-A-R-S-A, Parsa, on Instagram and Facebook. And Ricardo Parsa, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Pleasure being here. Great. Now, so first of all, let's get this out of the way because it's important. Rio Sueno, it means Dream River or River of Dreams or both, either way? Both. It was. It was uh, mostly a concept that that included just a collaborating a lifetime of experiences together. Something we had not done as as a teacher and student. And it was an idea that we played around for for many many months and years, and until somebody just said, "Hey, let's put let's put a show together. This is your this is your dream. This is a river of dreams." So I guess there's a confluence, and the two of us are combining currents and we're combining ideas to form this this duo. Looking at the two of you, I think that you, Ricardo, have a little bit more life experience <laughs> than Parsa does, although his story is interesting. We're going to get into it. But would I be correct in assuming that you have a little bit more of that life experience? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. There, there, there are a few decades in between there. <laughs> not, not only from your years of, of playing guitar, but from your years of your hair growing a certain way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing I can do about that except capitalize. Exactly correct. So tell us first, before we get into too much detail about your upcoming performance at the Judy Bailey Theater at the, the Performing Arts Center, where did the two of you meet? Parsa. Uh, we met right here uh, the first time. I was a teenager. I think I was 14 years old, and I came to the United States, and I wanted to find a guitar teacher. And I entered my high school, and they referred me to uh, Ricardo Cobo. And I just knocked on his door, and there we are. That's how we met. Fascinating. Now, your your accent is interesting because the average person listening to it may think that you're from Spain or Mexico, but actually you're not. No, I'm I'm originally from Iran. Yeah, this is a Persian ac- ac- accent, I guess. Yeah. Yes, it is, but it does sound a little Spanish to me. I may be wrong. Ricardo, what do you think? Am I totally off about the Spanish accent part? No, I think many people, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because many people, when they see us together, they assume he's Hispanic. And, and of course, it's not the case, and, and they assume that I'm something. They can't really tell where I'm from, <laughs> but I'm actually Hispanic. But you know, my family is actually from the Middle East, so we're we're a lot closer. My both my parents, uh, you know, came from Lebanese and Syrian families, so we we, we share some commonalities in in terms of the lo- the general ro- location of the globe and the music that we actually grew up listening together. And that's really one of the, the key ingredients that brought us together was the the affinity with the music that we really love and that really moves us emotionally. I think that was a, a huge part of why, why we identified with each other. And also, too, Ricardo, because you teach so many different students, 
it would be easy to get distracted by student A versus student B versus student C, etc. And yet, the two of you, as you say, got together for a number of reasons, not just the affinity, but the talent and what you saw in him that made you guys get together. So is this your first performance as a duo? Again, Rio Sueno, is this your first performance? This this is not, actually. We've done a couple of performances prior to this one at the Family Music Center. We we did a couple of experimental run-throughs. We had so much fun with it. And we had a, a, a common experience with our audience and Parsa's audience. You know, we have like two distinct audiences and they both overlap. So we, that was very unique and, and that created a, an excitement and, a, and an expectation. And so th- this will be a, a first really formal experience in Las Vegas as part of the Performing Arts Center. Right. And for those listening and watching from outside of Las Vegas, the Performing Arts Center is its beginning of its 47th season. So it's a, it's a pretty impressive history of an institution. Yes. It's the original home for the arts in Southern Nevada. It opened in 1976. Right, right. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out to people that may not be aware of the background. And Parza, when you had an opportunity to work with Ricardo, were you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, were you overwhelmed? I'm not sure how to say overwhelmed in Farsi, but were you overwhelmed with <laughs> with working with Ricardo because of his unique background and his esteemed background? Well, I, I don't. I feel like it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because in the studio with other students, there's always this feeling of being overwhelmed when they're taking lessons or working with Ricardo. I never felt that way, actually. Like a lot of the pieces that we are playing are the pieces that I learned how to sight read music or, you know, they were like the beginning stages until like now that it's been almost a decade that we've been, that we're working. There are some pieces that I'm learning. And of course, Ricardo always has great ideas. And so it's always a back and forth thing. I, I think, um, I never looked at our work in a way of like, Oh, I'm intimidated. I always looked at it as, Oh, there's something to learn in every rehearsal. And, uh, it's, that's why I think we both love, uh, rehearsal and playing guitar because it's always a learning experience. Ricardo, I get the feeling that Parsa respects you as not only a a mentor, a teacher, but as in in, a, in the best way, an equal in terms of perf- when you perform, whether it's in rehearsal or actually performing. And I think that's important because you, as who you are, you don't want to have someone with you performing who's intimidated or overwhelmed by you. That's going to affect the performance, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a one of the key ingredients in our getting along and and rehearsing for a higher, you know. F- to define the art form, I mean, for both of us, it, it was a, it was an artistic, aesthetic, and personal challenge. You know, it elevated both of our games. So I was keenly aware of that. I was not not ever, you know, I was never really. My intuition never told me we we were we're dealing with an unequal relationship. On the contrary, it was a, a relationship where we were, we were both garnering enormous res- mutual respect and enormous, you know, excitement about what could lead. And, you know, musically, what it could lead us to. And, and so we are, we are very quickly, the more we play and the more we rehearse, the more we discover we could go here and here and here. So the possibilities, this is where the, the idea of Rio Sueño really comes alive. If, if let the river flow, you know, throw in all the ideas. There, there's a lot mm-hmm. to do here and there's, and the sky's the limit. So I feel that I have a colleague that can do that with me. Uh, despite the age difference and the experience difference, I think my experience obviously counts for a lot and his, 
youth counts for a lot and they complement each other. I, I really do believe that today. Parsa, you didn't hear it from me, but maybe you can talk him into, you know, you can stay at the house with Ricardo and his wife and that way save a lot of <laughs> living expenses. Just a thought, you know, when you get around to it. So, <laughs> And you could do it under the uh, umbrella of, well, we have to rehearse a lot. I might as well just stay here. <laughs> well, we almost have done stuff like that. We've been traveling and, you know, sometimes we spend a week like in nature and, you know, like having a be rehearsed for hours every day to... Because the rep is is heavy and and difficult, you know. Like, I had to up my game basically yes. to be on the same on the same pace. But yeah, we we have done stuff like that. How do you both look at the challenges of playing classical guitar versus any other kind of guitar? And 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 when I say classical guitar, obviously the the music itself as well as the instrument. That's a that's a really great question. I mean, the the, the challenge for us has been well. We, I mean, can we do a number of things? Of course, uh, because of, of Parsa's unique background and my unique background. Uh, I mean, I grew up with a lot of South American music and Colombian music and Mexican music and music of Argentina. I mean, tango was an integral part of Colombian culture, and flamenco was an integral part of Parsa's background. So we both sort of came together with the flamenco and the overlap. So why did we decide to go this way? Well, because Classical music, classical music as a setting lets us explore with a lot more freedom what's out there and mm -hmm. lets us incorporate into our playing styles because we both have a lot of extended techniques that's very unique with the two of us. It allows us to experiment in color and, and prepare the music in, in ways that go beyond what a classical score is able to do. And we both found that. I mean, so we don't want to go in, into, you know, pop culture flamenco and into pop culture Hispanic music because it's, that's a really wide, that's a wide swath of choices there. Uh, and it's important for us to put, you know, to put our art, in other words, our craft on a, on a very high level. And I think the classical setting lets us do that and it brings focus to the essence of the music rather than to the personalities in the music. So in other words, I can't sign you up for a mariachi band, is what you're saying. No, even though we, we have actually done some mariachi work and we ended up playing the score to Coco. Nice. Together. So I, I hired Parsa to be my, my rhythm extra and he was, uh, you know, far and beyond more than that. Uh, and that was tru truly a partnership that came together with a, with a, a music specialty that, that we both had some experience with, but had never really put it to the test. Here's a psychological question for you. Do you see a lot of yourself in Parza? Oh, absolutely. I think it's unavoidable. I mean, you know, when I started uh, playing guitar, also, it was a very early, you know, my, my experience with music came very early, you know, when I was a, a child. And both, I mean, my, my mom was a musician, so so practicing and, the, you know, all the ethics and the emotional considerations of raising a musical family were there. So when I, when I saw him knock on my door, I thought, oh, my God, this is 360. This is me, you know, 35 years ago. Like, and, and I know what I'm seeing. I know exactly what's happening here. And, and that truly was unusual, I have to say. That, that was a, a, like a window to the soul in, in many regards. Absolutely. Coming full circle. Yes, definitely. How about you, Parsa? Did you, did you see a little bit of yourself in well, Ricardo, was, perhaps looking to the future? It was kind of funny because... Um, I mean, coming from a third world country, I think when they met me, they're like, oh, you're an old soul. <laughs> like, you kind of, uh, you know, they would ask me, like, what do you listen to and uh, what do you play? And a lot of the experiences that I had as a kid, like having the old films and listening to Segovia and Julian Bream was what, what Ricardo was when he was you know, a teenager or, yeah. you know. So it was very similar in terms of what 
our ears are tuned in. And I think in terms of Rio Sueño, we kind of go back to the source of the river, of what it is that we identify with in the classical world. Like I do play music from Spain, flamenco, and works by Mexican composers. And I think it's because there's a meeting of the East and the West in, in that part of the world where there's the Middle Eastern music and the, the Western classical kind of meet there. And that's where I find myself, my, my voice is there, basically. So when we met, he, I realized like, oh, you know, your family's from Lebanon and you, you went to Colombia and you played this repertoire. And it was very interesting to me that we, I was like, oh, I found the teacher that I wanted to learn from. You know, it was, it was a great meeting. Yeah. How hard was it for you to make that transition to travel from the other side of the world to the United States at a very young age, actually, and then to be able to succeed not only in high school, but then at UNLV, and then you graduated at UNLV as well, and you're yep. continuing, and you're here you are performing. I'm sure you didn't even realize you would be doing this three years ago, performing at the Performing Arts Center. It's quite a compliment, because like, every year I would go to see like my role models or or my the superstars that I always like dreamed of seeing in the concert hall at UNLV's uh, guitar series and then I but I never like saw a student be able to do it so it was like a, a huge hon honor for me to be able to do it but I that was that was a dream basically when when I left Iran I you know I took guitar lessons when I was like 12 and I heard some pieces and I thought I this is the coolest thing. I want to be able to like perform this, but it, you know, it's really difficult to do that in a, in a country where, you know, music is almost illegal <laughs> to listen to. So I thought I'll leave and, and, um, come to us and I'll figure it out, but I want to go get a degree in it because I couldn't do that in Iran. Right. And you got that so in, I, tw in 2022, you got the degree in, and yes. What was the degree in? I assume music, right? Yes. Okay. Good. But yeah, it, I mean, that takes a certain amount of fortitude, again, at a young age to be able to make those choices and those decisions. I'm sure it wasn't easy. And then, Ricardo, you spotted him at a time, as you said, it was 360, coming full circle. You spotted the spark, the talent, the drive, and all of that. And probably, it, you took it, in other words, you took it all in in one second and realized what the potential was there. I did once we sat down. I mean, once we sat down and I, you know, cause I, I interview a lot of different kids in over 30, 40 years of teaching, you know, you meet, you can imagine. I mean, in, in, as, as it is in your profession, you think you've met everybody <laughs> until one day that, that is a game changer. So when we sit down to play, I realized this guy is connected. Like he, he, the message is very clear. I know, I know where he is. I, I saw myself immediately in that. I mean, mm -hmm. And, and our stories are very, uh, very similar in that respect. I mean, I wasn't fleeing a country. I, w I was leaving the country where I was raised and, but I had a dream. I had the same dream and I thought, I can't do it here. I have to, I have to go somewhere else. And when I came to, to the U.S., I, I went straight to Peabody. I mean, I enrolled in a, in a program. Uh, and that was from Columbia for people who don't yes. know. Right. Absolutely. I left at eight, 18, you know, I, I, um, I enrolled in a, in a very competitive music program, probably the most competitive music program at that time. And I had no guarantees, just like when Parsa came here. I looked at his face and I thought, boy, clueless. Like, we, we need to, we need to like connect and we need to create a road here. I know how to do this. I've done this before, mm -hmm. not only in my own experience, but, you know, dealing with a lot of 
of kids who came from other worlds, you know, especially from, from Latin America. You know, people had no way, no, no roadmap, no, no directions, no cues, no guidance, no mentorship. So we created that for each other in a way. It, it was a, uh, you know, it was not entirely a giving situation. Parsa responded and he gave me things that I had not dreamt were possible. So it, for both of us, it was a, it was a nurturing environment with a lot of excitement, personal competition, you know, high standards. Uh, and that, that metabolized, you know, and, and I don't know where ultimately that's going to lead us, but it's, it's a good place to be. It's, it's not, a, it's not an experience that I think I, if I had to do it again, I would not do it. It's an experience that, that was very welcome in my life, for sure. There was something you said, Ricardo, which for those of us who are non-musicians don't think about, but typically if someone came to my office and wanted to be interviewed or apply for something, you would talk. And yet you said, and we played. And I thought, well, of course, that makes sense because you're, you're both musicians. So of course you would play, but you don't think about it initially if you're not a musician. You just figure you're going to come in and talk to the teacher about a potential way path forward and not and then you go well no we'll sit down and play and then we'll get a sense of what you really can do i mean it's that's always a fascinating thing to me as well like like what what are you made of i mean basically you know when musicians meet they're they're that sizzling moment when you pull out your instrument and you start playing that moment defines everything like people you know people in music know that that's like play that movie man that movie is an amazing movie the moment people play music it's like boom it just it defies any explanation you may have had or any expectation you may have had before. And Parsa came in with a really, really bizarre guitar made by somebody in 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 Iran. I don't know if it was family, but I mean it was it was it was it was not exactly a POS, but it was a guitar that was very hard to play, and it was set up so high I was shocked when he started playing. I was like, "How in the world can you play that guitar?" So th- it was it was comical and endearing at the same time, you know, to see that happen because it's like you know it's the same story. When I came to the states, I had a you know two hundred dollar guitar that somebody had made me in a, in a workshop, and that's where we came from. You know, those humble beginnings uh, do have a way of of defining the road for you as you go. Mm-hmm. And also, I would think the proof is in the playing in that sense that even if you had your your insight into him, that you. You said to yourself, okay, Parsa comes across a certain way, but until he starts whipping out the guitar and playing it, you, you're not convinced yet until that moment. Then, you, as you say, the magic happens. and you go, Oh, yes, of course. That confirms it all. So, absolutely. I barely spoke English, so there wasn't much to say. It was, it was <laughs> Hello, how are you? And that's it. I don't know anything else. And I, it was kind of hilarious to see him in like lessons. And he, I would like, Ricardo, I don't know what that means and he would like okay simplify 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 and he's like let me just show you and he would just play it and i would yeah. then understand it but i remember when i got his name from my high school uh, teachers mm-hmm. um they, they looked up who's teaching at unlv and then they found ricardo and when i told my first guitar teacher in iran that i'm going to ricardo kobo for an audition he said you mean Ricardo Cobo, like the guy that has the Leo Brower albums? And he, he was freaking out and he was telling everyone in the, in his academy. And I showed up and he's like, all right, play something. And I played like a classical piece. And then he's like, okay, what, what do you listen to? And I start playing like flamenco and compositions. And it's, it was like a 20 minute presentation of everything I can, I can show, like a showcase. And, and it was, it was truly dazzling. I mean, because it, it's, it's, I have to say there was a very unusual meeting in that the level of intensity 
and the level of knowledge and the level of emotional commitment to the art was beyond most individuals that step into into my studio. I mean, it was really of a different ilk. The whole thing felt completely different. It felt like my own audition in that way. It was a little Mm -hmm. bit haunting in that way. When I first auditioned for, you know, for my instructor at Peabody, I mean, he he was just looking at me like I, I was some kind of weird bug that just popped into his office. And and I was having a, a much different experience. I was going, wow, there there is hope. Like, there's a sincere young man who actually has a gift. Like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And you're and, you know, yeah. not to display any of my other students, but I mean, you know, that's an unusual moment. And those unusual moments are the ones that create, you know, enduring events in your life. In order for me to get my visa to come here, I spent like more than a year in Turkey, right? But I wasn't able to go to school. So I had a lot of time on my hand. I just had to wait. And uh, it was quite a stressful timeline. It was, I remember those days, but all I had was my instrument. So I practiced. I remember one day I played 12 hours a day. I don't recommend that. You can injure yourself. (laughs) I practiced so much. So when I got here, I had this envision of I'm going to play this audition for someone for a year as as a 14-year-old. And when I got here, there was the audition. And there were many more auditions after that. Well, your English now is wonderful. And how do the two of you decide what the program will be? Again, it's coming up. This Friday, September 29th at, at 7.30 at Judy Bailey Theater at the Performing Arts Center. How do you decide the program? And if you could give us just a little, if you wish, a little sample of sure. what's coming up. You know, we decided, I mean, we when we began reading, because this is all about reading, it's like sharing a meal. Here's a loaf of bread. Here we go. Cut it in half. Have a piece. Have a piece. So we be- began with some obvious things. Emmanuel de Falla, La Vida Breve. Then we decided we both love Piazzolla. Let's do the Piazzolla Suite. Of course, it's an excruciatingly difficult piece, but we both knew we could tackle that. We both knew together we can make this work. You know, if it were any other setting, it would not happen. And then we both love Latin American music to a T. I mean, we both really connect fundamentally with it. So we chose the music of Eduardo Martin from Cuba and, and of course, the music of Gismonti from, from Brazil. And the list goes on. I mean, we explored that repertory, and fortunately, that repertory for the guitar is fertile. There's a lot of stuff out there. Some you have to put together, some you have to rearrange, but the commonalities were in the choice of our repertory. We both identified with the rep. And the things that we're playing in the concert, the Faya, Piazzolla, Gismonti, more Piazzolla in my case, more Martin in my case, Ponce, Rodrigo, Rodrigo, and, and, and Parsa's own, own composition. Those are all born of this place where we're sharing and, and putting ideas together. That's how we came up with the program. Well, I mean, you told my rep to, so it's, it's basically that. I think I'm playing a little bit more of the standards and the traditional uh, pieces that I learned while I was working with Ricardo during my undergraduate. And it basically the source of the repertoire that started it from Spain and, and, and the Segovia repertoire, basically. And then Ricardo uh, is, is playing his, his favorites at the, the Latin works. So yeah, that's basically the rip. So it sounds so, like a sounds like a good mix. It it is a really fun mix. It's it's uh there's a lot of rhythm and a lot of you know flamenco Middle Eastern flavors and definitely you know Cuban music roots. Mm-hmm. This music, absolutely. So do you want us to play a a sample of one of the pieces? That would that would be outstanding. Yes, thank you. Got it. 
So this is from La Vida Bread by Manuel de Falla. Thank you. That was great. And do you think there's going to be an album in your future? Well, we we have talked about that, and, and of course we'd like to do that. Um, that's something that we we have uh, commented, and in, in, in today's digital space, I think we're going to create a series of events. Maybe, perhaps, rather than an album by itself, but that that is certainly something that's in the works and that we've we've considered. Uh, and and of course, I always egg. Egon Parsa to write his own music and to arrange it because I think he's a particularly uniquely gifted individual when it comes to arranging and and writing music. So when the time is right, that certainly is going to be in place. That certainly is a thing we're, we're going to pursue. Parsa, how, how nerve-wracking is it for you to be on the stage of the Performing Arts Center, Judy Bailey Theater, in front of a lot of people performing, where you were sitting in the audience watching performances? Is that going to be a little crazy for you? Do you think that just a sheer rehearsal will take that surprise element or that nervous element out of you? Well, I don't know about now because, I mean, Ricardo made sure that I perform enough before walking onto the, you know, concert uh, series, but um, it's a little different because as a student, there's rep class and you're constantly performing for colleagues, but for concerts, sometimes you spend six months really practicing and then here's the night so the the pressure is very different i i experienced it i would say the few hours before walking on stage it's very scary <laughs> and you hear the audience and everything but then when we start playing and we tune in like i just don't see the audience anymore it's just it, it's about the music. Everyone's tuning in and, you know, you're sharing and it's, it's a beautiful moment that I don't want to ruin it by being nervous. <laughs> Excitement is a better word. You're in the zone. In Absolutely. Yeah. Something that happens to both of us when we know it's time to play is that, is that we up our game. And, and, uh, so the ner it's a good nervousness. You know, I mean, some, sure. you know, people are very different with their performances, but we certainly find that to get when we get together to play it, it there's fire you know like we're both holding each other to the fire and it's a very exciting feeling like like this is going to be very cool and so the expectation is always really positive there's there's not dread you know there's not fear it's more like let's let's take this bull by the horns here we go last question what do you want the audience to take away from the performance when they leave not that you can always dictate what that is but what would you like them to Take away from the performance. Oh, you're giving this one to me? Hot <laughs> <laughs> potato. All right, got it. <laughs> That's a great question. It's really hard to like, um, 
I mean, you kind of answered the question. It's really hard to have any expectations from the audience, but I, I would wish to have them enjoy the music for sure. But I think each person has their own experience and dream when they're listening to classical music because we all relate to each other from our own. The feelings are the same, you know, but the experiences are different. So when when you're in a room and there is 200 people really connecting about one thing, then that's that's priceless. And that's what I want them to experience. Ricardo? So what, I, what I'd like the, the audience to take away, I mean, the whole is, is that Rio Sueño embodies what are unusual, you know, what is an unusual collaboration of things that you for, for others might be obvious, but Rio Sueño is a dream that applies to all artists. Like, anything is possible. If you have an idea and an open heart and you want to put those those the things that really really move you in life together this is the result rio sueño river of dreams if you put those two giant forces and life stories together they produce something very unique and very memorable and i think people do remember they remember us the personalities but they also remember the music the collaboration the river the river of music that's happening is is what i hope people will take away well that's a great way to leave it my guests have been ricardo cobo multi-award winning guitar virtuoso at parsa sabet the guitar duo known as Rio Sueño, performing in the Judy Bailey Theater at the UNLV Performing Arts Center at the beginning of its 47th season, this Friday, September 29th at 7.30. For ticket information, go to pack.unlv.edu. That's pack.unlv.edu. And for everything about Ricardo, go to ricardocobo.com. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Follow Parsa on Instagram and Facebook. Ricardo Parsa, thanks for being on the show been a pleasure. We appreciate the opportunity. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.